0: Hey friend, thank you so much for joining us once again today. We have much to cover and a short period of time to do so in. Esther chapter four is where we are at. I greatly appreciate your listenership. I hope you'll tune your ears to what God has for us today. If you will recall over the past few days of this broadcast, we've been talking about this concept of why Esther changed her mind. What do I mean by that? Well, Esther's people, the Jewish people, in Esther chapter 4, we find are under the threat of death, a decree of destruction. This prime minister Haman, a bad man, an evil man had had procured this decree, and all the Jewish people were going to be killed on the 13th day of the 12th month, Esther 3.13 tells us. And Esther was the only one, a young lady, but she was queen. Unbeknownst to her husband, the king, she was a Jew. She had a vested interest in seeing her people survive, of course. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 11, she gives the reasons why she can't go to the king and plead her people's case. And yet, somehow, in the space of five verses, verse number 16, her tune completely changes. She changes her mind. She says, If I perish, I perish if this is the death of me I'm gonna do the right thing what changed her mind and the question today for you is what will change your mind what will change your mind we mentioned that the fact that she realized her people were condemned that helped change her mind her people were condemned because simply because of who they were they were Jews And realize we are condemned to hell because of who we are. We're part of humanity. They were condemned because they had a a wicked adversary, Haman in their case. In our case, the devil. Satan would like nothing better than, than to take everyone to hell with him. They were condemned because they were helpless. The Jewish people couldn't do anything for themselves to save themselves, and neither can we. Eternally speaking, we are helpless. But that wasn't all that changed Esther's mind. Let's pick up right now. Her position of comfort was challenged. What do I mean by that? Well, in verse number 13, Mordecai gets pointed. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. Let's think about this for a moment. I I like statistics, especially when they're actually truthful statistics, so let me give you some right now. In the time of Christ, around the time that Jesus Christ was walking the earth, there were likely between 100 and 300 million people on the earth. Now, that's a broad range, but it gives you an idea. 100 to 300 million people on earth at that time. Fast forward all the way to the year 1850, 1,850 years approximately later, And world population for the first time crests over 1 billion, with a B, 1 billion people. A scant century later, in 1950, world population more than doubles. 2.5 billion people in the world in 1950. Now, that wasn't that long ago, was it? So, to recap, time of Christ, 100 to 300 million. 1850, 1 billion people. 1950 we hit 2.5 billion how about now just 70 years later 7.9 billion people that's that's incredible more than triple 2.5 to 5 5 to 7.5 and now 7.9 more than triple the amount of people just 70 years ago let's give you some other math The amount of missionaries in the Christian people of the book, how many were there in 1950? People going to a foreign field to evangelize the lost. People that we support with our gospel tracts free of charge. How many are there? I'm I'm sorry, how many were there? In 1950, there were a little over 100,000 of them. 100,000 to God be the glory. If you do the math on that, really that ratio, 2.5 billion people on earth to 100,000 missionaries, that's really not too dire. That's really, yes, there's a lot of people to reach for each one of those missionaries, but it's not insane. But how about now? 7.9 billion people on earth. What, just to let you know on a little secret, I'm trying to challenge your position of comfort I'm trying to challenge how how intense you are about your personal witness. How many missionaries? Now, this is only true as of 2019. And I'll tell you very truthfully, uh, COVID years have not helped missionary numbers by any stretch of the imagination. But as of 2019, 69 years after 1950, how many missionaries? Three times the world population and one third the missionaries. Instead of 100,000, less than 30,000, 66% reduction. I'm going to challenge you. It's not time to slow down. We aren't here to just enjoy the comforts of the world. Let me ask you bluntly, has God stopped calling people into his service I'm not saying that every person under the sound of my voice should be a Christian missionary to the furthest reaches of the world. But I am saying this, I'm pretty sure with three times the amount of people in the world, God didn't want one third the missionaries. There should be to keep pace 300,000 missionaries, 10 times what's actively on the field and 30,000 honestly might be a generous number. One-third the missionaries? Three times the population? Has it occurred to you that God hasn't stopped calling? Maybe we've just stopped listening? You know what we've done, especially American Christianity? We've put our fingers in our ears. We've said, la, 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 la. We've put the do not disturb sign on the door. Please don't bother me here. We are too comfortable. Comfortable. Is that true for you? When was the last time you did something difficult because God wanted you to? A man was asked. He was going to the darkest reaches of the continent of Africa. Why are you going there, sir? Why would you do this? Aren't there lost people elsewhere? Why does God want you to go specifically to those heathens as they were called? His answer was this. I'd rather have my blood dripping from their hands than to have their blood dripping from my hands in eternity. That brings it home, doesn't it? How is it that Esther changed her mind? She realized her people were condemned. Her position of comfort was challenged. Her purpose in life became clear. Why are you here? If I demanded, if I required, if I came to your home, to your vehicle, where you are listening right now, I put my finger in your face and said, tell me why. Or better yet, if I brought my microphone that everyone else is listening to right now and I said, tell me why you are alive. Tell me, friend, what is your purpose? You ever asked a young person about to graduate high school, so what are you going to do? You're going to go to college You're gonna, or maybe even a college student getting close to graduation. What are you going to do? And you get that blank stare. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure. You ever asked a Christian, what more are you going to do for God? What does God want you to do? You just sat through a a week of me asking you what's going to change your mind. So, what are you going to do? Uh, 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 I don't know. Esther's purpose became clear. Let me put it to you this way. A wiser man than me made this observation. You know, me as an evangelist, as a representative for Bible Tracks Incorporated, I was in 60-something churches last year, and, most of those people, the reason they have me in, of course, to challenge their people, to preach their people. But in, in my position as a representative for Bible Tracks and, and many other people as missionaries, you know, the, the folks that come through on deputation trail, and they're going to Iceland, going to Brazil, going to Mexico, going to China, going all these places. What you want from them as a church member sitting there in your pew, you want them to prove to you their calling. You want some, I don't know, warm fuzzies that if you give this person money, if you support them in perpetuity, if you send them $50, $100, 250 $500 a month for a long time, you want to know that they know what they're doing. Why are you here? Really, what you want them to do is to prove their call. Why are you going Why would you uproot your family? I have a friend of mine in in the country of uh, Panama went there not long ago. They got there and their luggage was lost. They walk into what was likely not the cleanest home with their child, brand new, young couple, not married for an excessive period of time, going to learn a language they don't know, to preach to people they don't know. It would be good before they went, that they could prove their calling. Don't you think? That'd be wise. Why are you doing this? Well, a wiser man than me made this observation. If I've got to come to you to prove my calling, if I've got to convince you That what I'm doing is just, that what I'm doing is right, that we need money for gospel tracks, and when we send money, when, when, when we send gospel tracks to India and Myanmar and Mexico and Philippines, that we're doing what God wants us to do. If I have to prove my call to go, then friend, why shouldn't you have to prove your call to stay? What are you talking about? I mean. If I have to look you in the eye and tell you why I do what I do and why I think I should have a burning desire to, to go to the furthest reaches of the world and get gospel tracts to them, then you should tell me why you have your rear end in your church pew every Sunday and why you're not somewhere else. Now, if God has called you to be a Sunday school teacher at your home church, and he's called you to faithfully tithe and give offerings there. And he's called you to be a bus driver and to uplift the hands of the man of God for your place. He's called you to do those things. Then don't leave, don't move, don't change. Keep doing that thing. But if God has been pricking your heart to do something more, to do something else, I don't mean something greater, I just mean something different, and you haven't done it yet, what's going to change your mind? If this has felt a little bold, a little brash, a little in your face, then, friend, I can truthfully say I've said today what I believe God would have me to say. And I do pray that you have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes